0: Hello and welcome to the 103rd episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Lifeless by Rigidsoft. Christopher, please introduce yourself and your colleagues. Hi, my name is
1: Christopher. I'm the CEO of Brigisoft, the developers of Lifeless, uh, and I'm here with Marcus, one of our lead programmers. Say hi, Marcus. Hello. And Hampus, our uh, lead designer, I would say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hello. Hi. hi. And what do you? So you've given your titles and your names. Excellent. See, the first question's the easiest one. This is. The... <laughs> the the <laughs> but, um, but there's, and now it's that's going to get slightly harder. How did you make your start? Making Flashy Lighty video games. I call it Flashy Lighty as opposed to board games, which is also awesome. But anyway, um, so how did you make your start?
1: Right. So, well, originally it was just kind of a hobby project with uh, me and Hampus. We founded Rigisoft a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Lifeless was actually just a kind of a prototype fun thing. So just to be
0: specific, not about Lifeless itself, but your start in making games.
1: Right. Well, that was actually our start. In oh, making-
0: right. Okay. Awesome. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, we we started out with the prototype. And we actually made some small things before that. But the only like worth mentioning, I would say, is Lifeless. And it's been a project that we worked on for many years now. And only about a year now, we've actually worked on the real version in Unreal. Uh, and the reason for that is because our prototype did quite okay. And we got funding to actually develop Lifeless for real. And so that's where we... Uh, started with the current version that you can buy on Steam.
0: Okay, so it's your first project, that's quite, that's quite a... First
1: commercial big project, I would say, and there, of course there's some small things, but nothing really worth mentioning, just hobby things.
0: So, I mean, when did you start, as a little kid, when you were like... I mean, I've had developers talk about their first game when they, that they made on their, you know, their <coughs> Commodore 64 when they were 12. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, um, in my case, Christopher here, uh, I would say, like, you know, I started modding and doing, you know, mods for games for, you know, when I was maybe 13, 12.
0: Any particular so games you a- want to mention that you modded for? Uh,
1: well, I modded textures for quite a few games, but what I usually do was a game, a Korean game called Call Online. It's it's a game I really liked and I modded quite a bit for. So that's my main thing.
2: I don't know why you guys, have you guys um, done To be honest, I've always had gaming as a passion, but I never really thought about working in the game industry uh, until I decided that I wanted to do programming. But I mean, the gaming industry is really hard to get into. So I started my education as a computer scientist and just on a hunch decided to apply to Rigisoft and they decided to take me in, even though I had no prior experience to uh, game programming whatsoever. So I've uh, learned as I've worked here for almost a year now.
0: What are the things that you found as a developer, as a programmer now, that differ from what you were taught? What are the key things? What's the one thing that you find that you've had to learn very quickly more than anything else? Could you summarize it? Huh.
2: Learn more quickly. Um, well, kind of, I mean, seeing as I have sort of an education in programming Mm -hmm. which is really low level i mean it's it's really down to just handling tiny bits of computer memory and optimizing and everything while working on in in an engine like unreal engine it's more like you have much more power i mean the, the tools are there for you all you have to do is tie them all together uh so i have continually made the mistake of thinking that i have to do everything from the ground up and uh as a game programmer, programmer, if you're working in an engine, you really have to start to realize the power in the engine that you're working in. I mean, it's not really that hard to be a game programmer, actually.
0: So you have to let go? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, That's-
2: yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's it's quite different from being like, I don't know, programming in any other industry. Uh, game programming is more of... High level. High level, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so, whereas you're more used to working in an assembly environment, or is that what you were taught in?
2: Uh, yeah, amongst other things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this quite, actually, most high level I've ever worked.
0: Yeah, that's the lowest, isn't it? Actually, just looking at, and I said it on the show before, everyone, take a drink now, but computers are just a series of switches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've said this before on the show, and it's like, they are, it is, it's just ones and zeros, at least the yep. ones we use. Let's not talk about quantum, because that's another thing. But the ones we use, are asked is a series of switches. And, uh, and that's what you're doing. It's like, when that memory address is doing that, then make this zero. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty so much, so yeah. Continue yeah. to do that over and over again, Nailed please. It. That'd be great. <laughs> um, yep. No, that's, that's, that's the sort of thing we like to talk about in the show. And it sounds a bit strange, but yeah. It's just like, where did you come from? How did you make your start? Anyone else got starts before we move on to the next question?
3: Uh, I mean, I, uh, I I've been like whenever I was a or uh, back in the days when I was a kid, uh, I used to like draw uh, maps and enemies and whatnot on paper when I was really young. Um, so I've always like designed games, I guess. Um, and you know, I've I've always um, had an eye for like art and whatnot. Okay, so I've always okay. done done creative stuff. Uh, then like. Whenever I met, uh, when I met Christopher, that kind of transpired
1: into making games. You're actually making them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Hampus was actually like um, he's a, a really good artist, and I use, I studied programming, yeah. so that's why we're my like originally we were the team that made Lifeless, and then we just yeah. kind of grew between, until what you know, it is now.
0: Yeah. That is really. Good. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, Karen. Okay, um just that I had uh, a query on as, as the artist and for a game like Lifeless, it's quite an interesting like, uh, environment to 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 build, isn't it? You, it's basically but, your your challenge to create desolation
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean we we try to create desolation by um, destroying things and making very interesting scenery uh, and not just you know making plain open fields. Uh, not having anything in them because I mean that that, that kind of makes for boring gameplay uh, at least in our opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's it's just that uh, you've done an excellent job of making a barn look terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's yeah, all right. That's an old compliment to give you, but you yeah, did yeah, a great but... job of it. It's just like see that little building there. Normally, it's just a building. Now it's a place of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I Well, I think uh,
2: what we're going for is, I mean, after the apocalypse, uh, the buildings are going to be quite trashed. I mean, as you can see in the game, most uh, furniture and everything is broken and rotten and dirty and everything, while the natural environment becomes more alive, you know, because no one's there to trample it, no one's there to, I mean, no, no more deforestation, so... Yeah. You know, we have a really rich uh, natural environment as well. The nature starts to take over. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love those that's, pictures. Um if humanity vanished, maybe got inspired by those images that were released yes, a few years yes. ago. Where just In like well, what if we just vanished? What'd happen? Well, we yeah. Just, right. yeah, that's the whole point. It gives perspective, like well just nature would just eat everything up and we'll be forgotten. Just like the dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, although dinosaurs didn't invent the uh, um, internal combustion engine At least not as far as, yeah. far as I'm aware They didn't build the buildings, buildings either but... No, I just do the combustion engine thing as the most ridiculous thing like, okay. like, Really? We, when we figured that out, oh, everything else went to pot So, <laughs> um, it's a bit dark, thanks Chris um, So as creators, all three of you, because you are uh, What are all your influences? you think what's been the thing that influences you not specifically just about lifeless but just generally what's the thing you've you'll find that you gravitate to more than anything else
2: uh it's a tough question i think Mm -hmm. it's really um individual i think uh for me i mean i play almost every game i can find uh it truly is my passion to just play games as soon as i have time off from work and I think I draw influences from pretty much every new game that comes out. I mean, with every new game, some, some studio has come up with some great idea that I, you know, I, I take and uh, try to convert it into some other own idea, you know. Uh, but I don't really have any specific source of inspiration.
3: I myself become quite inspired by seeing other artists uh, work and, you know, just looking at other people do art. Uh, and, you know, try to aspire to uh, reach that level too.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: In, in my case, it's just, I mean, everything. It can really come from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it can be a movie there, I saw and I'm like, I really want to make that movie into a game. Like, I really yeah. want to do that. Or mm. like a song that really inspires me or like a mu- music video. Or I see something, like, it could really be anything that just kind of makes you go, like, oh, shit, I want to make a game. Like, Yeah, that. that's true. Like,
3: when whenever you travel
1: as well, like, you, you yeah. see a really
3: cool place and, like, oh, I, I want to make this, and lifeless. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: It, yeah, uh, for you artists, people, I, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's the case. For a programmer, I can't really get inspired by art. <laughs> uh, but, sure I mean... Well, yeah, I mean, of course, programming is, is more of an art than you might imagine. But um I, I think, okay, the main source of inspiration for me would be, like, fun gameplay elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other cases, it would be if some game has some, like, amazingly smart solution to some programming problem that they solved in mm-hmm. Unreal Engine that I didn't manage to do. Um, that makes me, like, really inspired to just figure it out or... Contact them maybe and just share knowledge, you know.
0: Okay, yeah, that's, that's yeah, great. Uh, great. I, do, I do get a lot of um, people just turn around to me in their pause and go, I don't know, reality itself? Yeah, that's a good question <laughs> to, yeah. to be influenced <laughs> by. But you you definitely with Lifeless, you've just asked the question, Well, what if everything went really, really bad? And right. uh, that's basically uh, um, making the best out of a very bad, bad situation. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's that's what i get the impression it's not hopeless which is quite interesting it's just you know things have gone pretty bad but it's not yeah. you know it's you can it can be better if you actually only club together eh? but we'll talk about that later uh, <laughs> um so who as, as a developer who do you the most admire and and why Oh, that's
1: that's a really tough question. <laughs> no,
0: because a lot of developers. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, it, uh, it can be a company, but uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah,
2: I'm a really huge fan of Blizzard. Yeah, same here. Same <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> probably because they've grown so extremely big, and they they still stay really humble to mm-hmm. their and they really listen to their community and like almost as if they could just see, receive a single letter from one of their players asking for something and they, were, they would try to implement it into the game. So, I mean, it's uh, it's amazing to see a company that grows so big can still stay, like, really humble and almost still keep the indie feel to them. Yeah, I, I really like, what I really like about Blizzard is
1: uh, that they don't need, you know, new IPs and new versions of their games, like, every year. They can still, you know, make money and survive and actually grow really big by not introducing new IPs or whatever. Um, You know, the fact that they haven't made World of Warcraft 2 is just, like, that's pretty cool. They just keep developing World of Warcraft, even though they could probably make more money by, you know, doing something else. Uh, You know, they, you know, Overwatch is the first IP in, like, 15 years or something. It's... It's really cool that they are able to do that because they they come up with so good such good ideas and they really stick to their games for so
2: long. Um, not I to mention really the like, fact that like every they haven't made a single bad game. No, every game they make is a masterpiece. Yeah, even if they, I, I've
1: heard they have invested quite a bit of money into a lot of games and just scrapped them because they're like that's ah, it's not good enough. Yeah,
0: yeah, they've done that. Yeah. They've had the courage to turn around and go, yeah, no, it's not good enough. But oh no, yeah. but but no, really, seriously. But, we're not letting that go. And many other companies wouldn't have the balls or indeed the gumption to turn around and go, objectively, this game sucks. Yes, but we spent yeah. uh, millions on it. We have to let it go. Yeah. No, you don't. But most companies, vast, vast majority of the companies, go, you know what? We're just going to let it go. Like, we have to you know, take it on the chin and just release it and get what money we can back exactly. at the cost of your, their own reputation.
1: Exactly, and that's what we really value. Like we, we have the same mentality here. Uh, obviously, we don't have to do funding that Blizzard does, but we no, we, we can't
2: afford to scrap like this.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's not go there. I wasn't suggesting. But, uh, I mean, we
2: ha- we have obviously been inspired some by Blizzard's way of thinking, uh, because I mean, right now the early access is quite uh, it's it's a bit lacking in content, and we we're fully aware of that. And the reason is uh, that we have. We have come to a point and we realize that this isn't fun enough or this doesn't look good enough and just remade parts of the game mm-hmm. just to keep it to a certain level 100. of quality that we want to give to the players. So we have I mean we have lost some progress due to that um previously. Yeah. Due to that way of like making sure that everything like stays on a certain Level.
0: again yeah. this is something I've often said on the show so take your drink everyone but every creative endeavour is extremely destructive um, yeah. you, you spend time making something not on, and then you go you know what it's just not working and you just toss it aside you mm-hmm. want to spend weeks or months on it sometimes or maybe sometimes just a couple of minutes but still is you spent time effort and thinking about it and developing it and go yeah no maybe not for this game another game maybe <laughs> and you have this raft of things that you've got in the side. Like when we get onto our next title, which you will, we can then go back into that pot and see what we can dig out. But do you not find that?
1: Yeah, no, we we've definitely discarded ideas and you know work as well. Um, yeah, my, my favorite example is actually a couple of months back, maybe half a year back, um, where Marcus just came into work and he's like, "Well, guys, the melee fighting sucks." Uh, basically, I mean that's yeah, kind of what yep. he did. He's yeah. just like, okay, well, we are we are pretty much finished with the fighting system, and he's like, ah, that sucks. We if we release this, it's just gonna suck. Let's let's do something else. And then we spent like we put a, you know aside a lot of features. Uh, we just spent all of our remaining time just perfecting and making a new melee system where you could fight, and it's much more fun. And it's just, it just actually made the game. Uh, so it's. And, you know, it's sometimes you have to make those sacrifices, but it's really you have to be able to see, you know, past your own ego and just go like, okay, well, this isn't good and we have to do something else.
0: Okay. okay.
1: That's so cool. that's, yeah, big, big thing that we like to do. You
0: know? yeah. So my last question, and my last question is first half, not last question period because that will be rubbish. Um, but uh, it's my favorite question because it gives me a hint as to what you might be working on next. It doesn't. But I like to think it does. Um it's basically what are you playing right now? Other than lifeless, of course.
2: Oh uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some Overwatch. Any particular favourite uh,
0: characters from Overwatch?
2: Um I usually go with uh, Hanzo.
1: I, I play Reinhardt. Oh. Uh,
2: Mercy. Oh. You play Mercy. Uh, yeah, I like to play Mercy. <laughs>
0: yeah, good. Okay. No one likes Bastion, do they? I mean, I mean, I played Bastion
2: uh, uh, all the time until I discovered that everybody hates him yes. and I decided that I can't do it anymore.
0: I, yeah, I've, I've been coming to situations where there were three Bastions over a defensive position. Like, oh, come <laughs> on. Yeah. And, uh, what's the one with the Rocket Pal? Rocket. Um, um, what's your name? That Faro, has to be. Pharaoh, yeah. 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 I just, we just went, let's just go this and just, we just take him out from above we did <laughs> look up oh right you didn't never mind <laughs> but then we couldn't defend a position anyway Overwatch awesome game again yep. bl- Blizzard Um, any, I'm just curious I mean, I'm not a um, platform sort of centric but is it all on, on the PC you're playing that or is it PS4 or what what are you doing
2: PC all
1: the way. PC all the way. Okay. Yeah, PC. But it is it is nice to play on consoles once in a while. It's very nice when you're in social situations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we we have an Xbox here, and we like to you know play together, and
0: it, it's quite fun. Yeah. But yeah, mainly yeah. PC for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I, I find uh, couch play is fantastic on PS4. Yeah. Um, uh, lovers in a, a Cure Space Time or something, I can't remember what it's called, but that's a fantastic space game where you're manning a spaceship and you're running around the spaceship and blowing things up but the ship has to be controlled by different oh this is fantastic and that's really good co play. and of course uh, Broforce is one of the funniest games I've played Broforce recently. yeah uh, it's great you know, it's people's, um, you know, someone has said I'm at maximum bro right now I don't think I can deal with this but uh, anything else you've, you've played recently
2: um, I think for every day almost since I started here I've played a match or two of Rocket League during yeah. lunch because I just love that game I know. Um, I, mean, you, this, I don't know if you've heard of it. I
0: think I might, a couple of times, yeah. Um, no. Actually, well, it's, it's a game where
2: you drive around in a tiny car yes. and you pretty much play football. I know. And it's,
0: it's genius. You described it's that to so so and, you go, and it's so fun. that sounds like the worst game ever. Yeah. I know, <laughs> until you try it. <laughs> <fall in love. laughs> until you actually try it. Because I've played similar <laughs> games like that over the years. I'm sure you have too. You know, games okay. that have, like, you know, like the... I don't know, Twisted Metal. I was never a fan of Twisted Metal. Never really liked it. I really
2: liked Twisted Metal, yeah. though. Yeah, the way. first one for PlayStation. Yeah, it was, a
0: second, it was more the second one. Uh, and they tried to revamp it on the PS3 as well. Didn't really, didn't really gel with me. But, you know, for some reason, Rocket League is just ridiculous. But it seems to work. I think the size, the speed of the, the cars and the physics yeah. and the size of the ball and the goals...
2: Well, the thing know, is... They, I think what makes Rocket League so good is that you can always become better at it uh it's it's easy it's easy to learn the basics and it's it's it gets fun pretty quickly but you always uh you can always try to become even better yeah, so it's it's really competitive once you start playing it seriously easy to learn hard to master yeah
1: yeah, Just, yeah yes. I've always played a game with my chin yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never played it on a computer. We were at a, at an event and they had they had Rocket League for disabled people where you play with your chin. So that's the only time I've ever played Rocket League. <laughs> yeah. It was really it really hard. It, it it was hard but it worked. It worked. It was really really impressive that they could do that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I've seen those things. It's just amazing what they do, isn't it? Yeah. Why why deny these people the the delight of the games that we we all just, you know, enjoy as a matter of course. Uh mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's uh but yeah, good choice on the Rocket League thing. So yeah, it's, 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 I, personally, I'm flipping between games like that, but mainly Stellaris right now. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just love my 4X games. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, now, Lifeless is entering to, to, my, to my, uh, my repertoire of games I'm currently playing. Um, and also, a friend of mine described that no one has a pile of shame. It's actually a pile of investment into the video game industry. Which is a Mm -hmm. much more positive way of looking at it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still haven't finished Fallout 4 for example I just can't get into it I don't know Um, I did 3 but 4 just can't quite Anyway that's enough About other games Let's talk about Lifeless now In the second half of the show Of her and Eddie, all three of you, what
1: he is lifeless? I'll actually let you guys answer that because you're
2: best at it. All right. Um, it's hard to explain in just a few words. Uh, picture like, I could tell you a bit about how the, the idea came for it um, because it's obviously inspired by many other previous uh, zombie apocalypse MMO. Survival games. I mean, the the charm about it is the whole um, like social experiment thing, where you can either choose to help one another or just kill each other and take each other's stuff. And what we want to do with Lifeless is make that genre a bit more fun in the in the sense that we have uh, like play progression coming up. Uh, we have two factions splitting up the. Uh, the server into two sides so you can enjoy the game you can enjoy like playing in, inside the world battling against zombies without the constant fear of being like killed by another player all the time just having fun more of a pve spec I- pve aspect if you will
0: yeah
3: we try to not have the same kind of kill
2: on site mentality as, right.
3: as is easily seen in this type of genre
0: okay that, that's something that did strike me about the original well, other games that done. we've already spoken about DayZ, but uh, yeah, killing people for their baked bean cans um was a thing uh, yeah, yeah and uh, so but so but you 've got these two factions then so um, what w- what is it about these factions? how did they come about uh i'm not
2: the one to answer the backstory because um I think we have, we have some sort of interest in backstory. I just don't have it in the back of my head. I was
0: more thinking about on the long lines of their design decision. Why did you have these factions?
2: Right. So
3: that, that's kind of to combat the whole kill on site mentality. Because uh, if, if you have like half the player base is in the same kind of faction as you are, kind of like in World of Warcraft, then you have an incentive to actually like make friends, meet people, and not kill them at first sight.
1: Yeah, it kind of also uh, my 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 favorite thing uh, that I've heard and seen uh, about lifeless and the faction system is uh, there's two examples that I have. One is when we were at a trade show and uh, we saw two guys. uh, They were by accident playing on um, the same faction. They didn't know each other. They just they just sat down at two different computers and they just chose the same faction without knowing it and. When they saw each other, they started trying to kill each other. And right. then after um, a couple of seconds, they realized, oh, I can't kill you. So what they did instead was they decided, hey, let's go out adventuring together because we can't kill each other. So let's do something together. And then they became friends and they played for a while. And then they actually became friends because they were, they sat next to each other. Um, and that's something that would never have happened if we they were able to kill each other. And that's something that I've also seen. In many YouTube videos, uh, recently there was a YouTuber who created a character. He went in and he said he hated the idea of the factions. He's like, Well, developers, if you're listening to this, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, what, what, are you, what are you thinking? And then he played for maybe 10 minutes. He met a group of players and they shared some guns. They talked. They had fun. And then he's like, You know what, guys, developers, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I was wrong. This actually works. I don't know why it works, but it actually works. Because we forced them not to be able to kill each other, so they became friends and actually had more fun that way. Do, but but there can't... is still PvP, though. Of course, you know? and
0: we're, we're going to talk about that in, later on in this, this, this show, but I do find it that the YouTube um, commentators do love binary kind of way of looking at life. <laughs> it's either, the best thing ever, yep. or this totally sucks! Like, yeah, yeah, pretty anyway. much. <laughs> Yeah. But he came around, yeah, you know. It's so great, but it's there, good. No, he adores it. It's the best thing ever. So what I mean is, there's no, no middle ground. Yeah, um, no. but uh, it makes me smile when I hear that and see that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I want to ask you about the AI now, uh, right? Because I mean, we've, we've described it well enough. You're in It's it's in a post-apocalyptic. It's near future. Things have gone very bad. There's been a virus that breakout. Now there's sort of. Um, the, they're not undead are they, they're just people infected by things yeah, now they're, they're ravaging creatures and some people infected, some people aren't vast majority of people are and they're all dying or dead or, or ravaging or killing others that aren't infected and uh, I just want to ask about um, there is an impending sense of danger all the time but the biggest sense of danger I've found is that um, is, the, is, the, is the monsters is the, is the, the ravaging people They're very active, I've found. What is it they react to? Is it that detail? Did it react to your movement? Or is it sound? Light? What do they react to? Uh,
2: Originally, they reacted differently to about anything you could do. Uh, You could sneak behind it, or they would react to gunshots, etc. We did remove some of those features, because during playtesting, we noticed that Practically, nobody uh, tried to sneak past them. Uh, when you start playing the game, what you want to do is you want to fight the zombies. So this the whole sneaking aspect of the game was temporarily removed until we we can afford to build that extra AI into them while keeping the game responsive. But as of right now, they they, they react to you if you're close enough or you make sa- enough sounds.
0: Yeah, because I went into a kitchen-like shed thing um, when I first started playing, was one of my first experiences. and it, I was just mooching around in the kitchen, not doing to do anything, trying to find something in a the drawer. Then I looked up at a window, and there was this, you know, first one I ever encountered in the distance. <laughs> and he sort of spotted me. He spotted me. And he started yeah. roared, and he started running headlong into me, or headlong into the – and I went, so what do I do? Do I run or do I just wait and see what happens? And that was my two choices. You probably think there's a fourth and fifth choice, but let's just go with the two choices (laughs) that I gave to myself. And I went, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. And it was great because the footsteps got louder and louder and louder. And he was dashing along. I was like, I'm just going to take him out. I'm definitely going to kill him. And, or it, or whatever he is. And uh, he bursts in, you know. And uh, yet, lo-, lo and behold, he wanted a piece of me, and I gave him what for. But it was genuinely—I was quite anxious, and I didn't know what to expect, what was going to happen. But this could have gone either way. But I thought, well, I could run, but I think running out in the open might have been more dangerous because I might run even even more of them. So I thought, well, let's keep it yes. controlled and let's have a fight in this contained space. And it was, I just when I encountered that, it was one of the most. It was really shocking to see that they they could see me from such a distance, and just went yeah. It's true. So I just wanted to-
2: yeah. I think the the main source of inspiration for for our infected is probably twenty eight days later and twenty eight yeah. weeks yeah, later. They run fast, uh, especially <laughs> yeah. They, they run fast. They're really aggressive. They're like infected with pure rage, if you know what I mean. Uh, they're not your regular like brain-eating zombies. No,
3: there are no uh, George Romero zombies.
2: Yeah. One of the most terrifying scenes uh, is from 28 uh, weeks later, uh, the opening scene where he's being chased by like 100 of the infected and just running through a field and you can just see them in the background just sprinting after Mm -hmm. him. So that's kind of what we want to have in Lifeless, like pure panic. If if you see a zombie, he's he's not going to give up until you're dead. Yeah, just gonna keep bashing you. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's and also uh, some people are always surprised when they play the game where they will stand like not too far away from the zombies and and they'll be like, oh, he he saw me, and they're always as surprised the fact that he yeah. saw you, yeah. but you can see him. So it's not very strange that he can see yeah. you, and I mean, so it's, they it's have the a
0: Walking Dead <laughs> syndrome. That's what I've called it. Yeah. It's basically yeah. Well, he's just gonna stand there and groan, right? Oh God, he's running! (laughs) (laughs) And they don't give up
1: either. They don't have like a, you know, like an aggro range that's short, and they'll just give up.
2: No, I mean you'll. I mean you. You'll you'll have have to really either run in a perfect route, uh, or just far enough. uh, But nine out of ten cases, you'll have to kill the
0: infected before he kills you. Oh, I I did the right thing, (laughs) I think. The other thing it reminded yep. me of is the um, very, very early, now bear with me, but back in the sort of like, I think it was like the early 2000s, there was a complete sort of like um, sort of uprising of, of soldier simulations. And there were games that actually did like, you know what, let's do a way of Call of Duty and stuff like that, that's fine. Let's, let's do a simulation of actually what it really is to be in modern combat. And basically the comp- concept is if you can see the muzzle flash it'd probably be dead. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Armour yes. two one, two and three and Operation Flashpoint, those games were like can you see can you see anyone? Yeah, you'd probably be dead. <laughs> probably <Yeah>. be dead. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's and you hear bullets whizzing by and stuff like that. But it's so far away. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the bad guns. The guns <laughs> have extraordinary range. They're not muskets. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They are dangerous. They will They're kill really you. They will kill you for a very, very far away. You know. Yeah,
1: I mean, you have to keep in mind, these zombies, you know, wiped out the world. Yeah. So, I mean, if they can't even kill a couple of guys that just found guns lying around in the streets, then... They're probably not very dangerous, and our military would probably have a pretty easy time yeah. killing them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if,
3: if we have a few zombies walking towards you and you can kill them with a the frying pan, then, you know, probably the military will be able to wipe them yeah. up
1: pretty yeah. yeah. quickly. Yeah. So.
3: It
0: does so <laughs> No. It's just, no. That. it's just that sense of absolute foreboding. I mean, a parked truck. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> truck. I don't know. Don't go in. Oh, it just reminds you of some of the most ridiculous conversations I had with my friends when I was playing similar survival games with them. Like, what's over there? I don't know, it's probably going to kill us. It's just a bush. No, it's not. <laughs> see, it's moving. Look, see, look, it's moving. Yeah, it's in the wind. No, I'm not going there. And you've done a great job of creating that sense of intense foreboding. But by adding that faction system is really good. But I want to talk more in depth about the combat system now because Mm -hmm. i want you to explain it and it has a stamina bar can you just go through it because you've already hinted about you revamped it recently so let's talk about how the melee combat works more than the range because range is is what is what it is but it is it's very again like the soldier sims it goes on for quite a way um but talk talk to me about the melee combat system yeah this is
2: really marcus's baby so yeah it is um to be honest, I I didn't really think that much about the combat system, but like like you asked me um, earlier during the podcast about sources of inspiration from other games. Uh I tried the game called uh Warhammer Vermintide, which for me just revolutionized the whole melee combat system in PC gaming or in gaming in general. And they they really have a knack for for um like delivering the the like the strength of hitting someone with a huge mallet, you know. Uh, and uh, ours was nothing compared to that, and I wanted to have it in our game. So I was heavily inspired by that game in making this system.
0: Okay, so can you describe it to us?
2: Well, um, originally uh, it was a bit more unforgiving. Um, the way you would hit a zombie was only if your the actual weapon you're holding in your hand actually touched the zombie. So we tried that out for a while. Also, by the way, uh, hitting a zombie cost stamina. So you would have to hit like every single swing in order to not die. Uh, so we tried that out and testers didn't really like it because it was too difficult. Uh, it wasn't too di- difficult pr- for me because I built it and I... Play tested it for like two hours a day, so I became a master of it. But obviously, people found it a bit too hard, so we made it a bit more like easier to use uh, a bit bigger collision detection, etc.
0: Okay, so it's, 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 I, I did find it when I had that first combat, it was very instinctive, but I did like the idea of you swinging about the hammer and then realizing that you're going to run out of steam, basically, <laughs> uh, if you're not careful.
2: Right, you have to time everything as best as you can. I mean, you can also block their attacks. So the the best tactic to, to work with is just uh, blocking the infected's attack and then counterattacking with one of your own.
3: Yeah, you can also do a charge attack,
2: which right. is great when they're, like, roaring or whatever. Uh... So, I mean, usually what I do is uh, I... If a zombie starts chasing me down, I just uh, charge up and attack, aim for his head. Uh, usually, with every weapon, it's an instant kill, but it requires some aiming and some like know-how of this. Yeah, it's
0: quite easy to get panicked by the, the mere presence of right, you. right. Um that's, yeah. that's quite a thing.
1: And also, you can actually, you know, if you're not careful, if you block too much, they can actually break your block, and what happens then is you get dazed. And then you're really like you're dead. At least if yes. there are several zombies after you and you get dazed, you're you're basically bone. Yeah, you can't just like walk in a, a circle and just kill them easily. The the melee system is it's pretty good, and and so are the zombies. They're pretty smart.
2: They'll jump after you, and so we we they really, are really to um they're hard to calculate what they're gonna do next. They're really random in their attack pattern. Uh, we made it partially so because we wanted the zombies to be really difficult to uh, encourage people to cooperate and play together so I mean using a melee weapon is viable but if you're up against two or more than two zombies you're likely going to die unless you're like really good at the melee system
3: or have really good gear feel, yeah,
2: but like- usually <laughs> you'll need a couple of teammates I
0: feel frantic like desperate Yeah, no, no finesse yeah. at all you're not trained to do this. I, you're just, you've got a large implement. You have no idea how to use it, but you know it's, you swing it hard enough it's going to cause some damage, provided it hits it. Right. Uh, and that's what I felt. It just feels like a panic. And you're right. The only way to really win from this is like that ridiculous scene from um, Shaun of the Dead when they beat up the... Um, <laughs> yeah, you know the bit where they actually beat up... Um, With the queen? Where you, no, it was when uh, the innkeeper, not the innkeeper, the, the bartender... Um, he was possessed, and he was the uh, the landlord, the, the pub landlord, I should say. And they started hitting uh-huh. him in the time of music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. At the queen, and they were hitting yeah, him with because uh... one of them couldn't do it, but all of them did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so scavenging then um, really important. I found in in uh, lifeless. Could you? What mm-hmm. would you offer? As player tips for new players, without spoiling anything, what would be the first thing you'd advise to a new player? Because you are actually dropped into the deep end and go, well, go on, off you go. But as as a little, like, right. little test, just a, just a little bit of help, what would you say to someone sitting down? You just sit down and go, okay, you might want to do this.
2: You might want to pick up everything you can find.
3: Yeah. Also, open up drawers to find like food and and ammo, and like look in uh,
2: small closets and whatnot for weapons. Ammo is probably right now in the game the most valuable currency you can have. Yeah. uh, Because you run out pretty quickly. It's really effective against infected, but it's really scarce at the same time. Um, Also, always check every weapon, even if you already have that type, uh, the weapon stats are randomized and can be more rare than others, so it's also, it's always worth to compare new weapons and switch them out, even if they're like the same model.
3: Yeah, or even the same rarity, like we right. have uh, white, grey, green blue and purple ones, but even like two, two different purple AR-15s so let's say, they can have different stats as well because they're randomized okay. each other. Huh? Right.
0: Okay. So you've got different coloured weapons and no orange then. Yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, so I'm talking as a former WoW player. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's the colour yeah. code you have, you have to, to use it now. Go. There's nothing you can do. There's like, oh, we've got purple gear. Yeah, I've got that in a raid. Did you? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same in Borderlands as well. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 It is in Borderlands. Um, <laughs> But that has numbers appearing above creatures. I never really got over that. Um, So, my last question to you, and it's related to what we spoke spoke about earlier, but I think it's so core to the game, too lifeless it is, that I want to expand on it, and I want you to project into the future, and hopefully this would be a nice problem to have. All right? But you've made these factions, two of them at the moment. I'm assuming there may be more, but that's between you and your own, you know design chart and program and what have you but let's assume the two remain as the game progresses and evolves and more and more players play and log on, are you finding and this is from personal experience from playing lots of MMOs over the years, especially Star Wars Galaxies, I'll tell you a story in a moment um, but it's Have you found... How are you going to deal with eventually... These these two factions are idealistically opposed to one another in almost every way. Almost, not quite. Um, What's going to happen when there's going to be conflicts erupting between these two sides? How are you going to manage that?
1: Well, let them deal with it, I think. It depends on what you mean. Uh, The idea is... For there to be conflict, yeah. The idea is for you to bond with your teammates, and the enemy is the enemy, and that's the, in our opinion, the yeah. fun part. Um, you know, it, in in other similar games, you'll have uh, everyone being the enemy, but here, you know, we want people to create a community, but we still want that the fun in the PvP and. So when it comes to the conflicts, you know, go at it. That's kind of the point. It's kind of when you play Battlefield or any similar game. There's a, it, you know, the point is to kill the other team.
3: Yeah, but conflict is what the game's about,
0: isn't it? But there's yeah. so much more to lose <laughs> in this particular <laughs> in, in Lifeless than there is in Battlefield. Battlefield, you're just going to respawn on love side of the map and probably take another ten minutes to get to the other side to get shot again. Uh, whereas in this, it's. It's a big, uh, it's a big deal to, to, to you know, to, to die and then, you know respawn and then having to rebuild and you know to to, to rely on others to give you all your stuff back because it's all gone. It's on your corpse, right? It's you know, it's
2: yeah. That 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 is correct. But that's part of the the excitement, I think, in this genre because you're never really safe uh, anywhere you go. You can always be killed, and that. For me, at least, is what makes yeah. the genre fun. And you because also, you're always on your toes, you also keep your uh, like uh, equipment, right? Yeah, uh, we are designing a progression system which isn't going to be as harsh as players might be used to in previous titles.
3: Yeah. You won't you won't lose your skills whenever you like.
2: Right. Them and- so you, even though you die, it will be a minor setback, but you can pretty much continue uh, exploring and, and progressing yeah. further.
0: I just um, I mean, Star Wars Galaxies. I was Imperials, and we'd have this siege of rebels because they were the majority. Because you know we liked in you know we wanted order. What's, what's the harm? And uh, <laughs> we would get sieged by by because that game was extremely player driven, and uh, to the nth <laughs> degree, the economy was driven by the players and no nothing else. Um, and that led to all sorts of ridiculous conflicts and and problems um and uh so for i 'm just 'm just curious as to how you thought you're going to manage it are you 're going to do eve online method or like just let get on with it go on, do your thing we'll just give you the tools to to think and if you find one faction over because both factions are exactly the same aren 't they yeah,
1: pretty much i mean they have the same. Uh, they're very different in like the fundamental uh, like ideas and ideologies, but they have the same opportunities and everything. They just share a different part of the map, and
3: um, we do want to make
1: them more more different, though. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, but not much. They're yeah, aesthetically,
2: be- uh, their styles are gonna be a lot more different and interesting. Right now, they they look pretty much the same, uh, but we are working on making them more interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, but the idea is to let players, you know, create their own content in in a way, like to develop the economy and you know, we we don't want to manage everything. It's
2: much more interesting to
1: see what people make out of it.
2: We have have discussed some ideas about I mean, as the whole social experiment uh, style of the game is what made this genre interesting from the beginning Uh, we want to try out some things ourselves uh but in our setting this faction based setting uh for example if there was some sort of uh pve event in the game perhaps that would force the two factions to have to cooperate and uh if this uh huge boss that they t- take down together drops some really cool gear how will they um decide who gets it will there be a war over the loot cache etc Uh, There are many interesting things to try out, even though we almost, like, do this hand-holding and put the players, forcing them into teams.
0: Yeah, I I get that. I can see the potential. That's why I wanted to draw that out of you, because all sorts of things, you could do all sorts of things with this, and uh, I definitely think, that's my personal opinion, you may even want to push away from that but I think if you did follow some aspects of the Eve online model just letting them get on with it I think you'd be quite rewarded for it and it sounds like you're going to adopt that
1: it's the most interesting for us as well not having to control everything and just
3: you know I mean letting players uh, create content or like creating the game in a sense um, it credits the
0: players some intelligence doesn't it and creativity themselves We look at the Mario Super Super Mario Maker thing. That exploded because it's yep, you yep. know making levels. The, the whole thing, like the idea, like when you describe it on paper, this is really bad. <laughs> and then turns out one of the best <laughs> games on the Wii U. And it's like, yeah, here it is. Anyway, <laughs> so it's Lifeless uh, is currently out on Windows PC. Any other platforms? Forgive me for asking this. I always like to tease that out. Are you? Is it? Is that just Windows PC right now? It is only
1: Windows PC right now, but we're looking to also uh, expand to consoles. Okay,
0: because okay. uh, my laptops are Mac. It's <laughs> I did have a <laughs> PC laptop; it was fine, it lasted a very long time. But then I I decided to go to defect, and uh, I it, 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 very well built those things. Uh, Got to be said, um, but it is out now. You can you can go buy it from Steam uh, on early access. Help Oops. it help it happen. Help it make it a reality. More than all the years. And uh, I have to thank all three of you for being on the show. You've been great guests. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. From this. I know I did. Yeah, we did too. And
2: we did. Thank you for okay. having us.
0: And uh, I do wish you the very best of luck. Do keep in contact and uh, have you back on maybe when it's out for full and see how it's evolved over this past uh, year or so, I'm not sure when you're going to finally release it, any ideas? Any? I don't like to pin anyone down on release date on early access games, but what, 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 your, what was your projections?
1: We don't really like to talk about exact dates, but what we do have is we are making quite you know fast progress, yeah. um, the idea is to not stay in early access oh. forever. Um, we actually want to get out and actually create a full release uh, quite fast. Okay. But at the same time, we're not going to rush anything. Like we said before, if something doesn't feel right, we're probably going to scrap it and try again. Yeah. But at the pace that we're developing right now, we are very fast. We made this just in nine months, and and within that nine months, we also scrapped quite a bit of stuff. Um, so uh, we I also,
3: I mean, though we we won't release it until we don't. I mean, until we feel
0: finished
1: with it yeah exactly so uh we don't know exactly but it's not going to be
0: no, extremely that's, long that's it's what, not uh, sad to ask you that but it's the, like elephant in the room people go so when well, are they going to finish it I'm when I hear early access yep. like, well, I don't know <laughs> when it's done um but that's a dreadful deadfall reference no one wants to hear uh and on yep. that very sad note <laughs> uh I, I thank you very again thank you very very much and uh yeah, best of luck with it, and uh, it's going the right way for what it's worth. Thanks, thank you, thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also don't forget listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com, and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory, and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan. No apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer, you listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, shall we say, of spong.com Bye!